the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. The time is 6.10 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We have been talking about mountaintop experiences. We have covered a whole gamut of mountaintops in the Bible, at least seven or eight, and what they mean significantly in terms of their spiritual application to you and I. And then we began to talk about valleys because either we are on the mountaintop or we are in the valley or we are in between. Had a couple of callers who confess right along with me, a, a valley experience. The, the mountaintop is where you can see clearly, see a long distance. Your peripheral vision is broad. Your confidence is high. There is a clarity in your purpose and calling. And, and God meets you there in special revelations of all sorts, as we talked about earlier. But when we are in the valley, in the valley, in the valley, in our soul, we are in a very narrow place. We are in a very uh, 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 tenured place where we are are constricted and we don't have the confidence and the hope and the joy of God's purposes and promises in our life. And we've talked about several valleys. We've talked about the Valley of Sedim. We've talked about the Valley of Eskol, the Valley of Elah, the Valley of Acre, the Valley of Hinnon. We've talked about the valleys that we go through, that the people of God have gone through. We've just talked about the Valley of Baca. There are others. David said the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Where are you? Two lines open, one 888 Are you in a good place? If you are, I'd love to hear it. If you're in a bad place, let's talk about it. We're praying. We are seeking resources to help our brothers and sisters because this is the time to do it. This is a free program. You can engage. You can participate. You can join me on Pastor Jesse's team. If you want to become part of uh, a team pastor, P- Team PJ, call in one triple eight three six seven five three two nine, or join me in praying for the body of Christ, uh, people who are afflicted and troubled, or rejoicing with those who are on the mountaintop. And we're going to talk to two men now, but I do have two lines open. You can call me now, now, and let's do some ministry. Two lines open, one triple eight three six seven five three. Three two nine. Where are you? Let me go to line number two and talk with James in the Bay. James, thank you for your patience, brother. Uh, no problem. It gave me enough time to try to figure out what valley I'm in. But honestly speaking, mm. I don't believe I'm in a valley right now. I think I, looking back, I was in a valley transition. I think I'm going to hit you more with that on, on Wednesday so we can get to the uh, topic. We'll be doing Psalms. This yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting that, you know, the different valleys. One thing I know the valleys are there, but I've been engaged enough to know that I can't focus on the valley. Right. Even when I'm in the valley, I'm looking, if that makes any sense, focusing on the mountaintop, even if I'm not in the valley. So maybe if I could say I don't get too low down in the valley, and if I'm on the mountain, I don't get too high. I just try to stay the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I just I just try to stay the course. Amen. There was things that I've definitely gone uh, into, which I can say the Lord adequately prepared for me, uh, prepared prepared me for over the last uh, year and a half. I didn't understand. I didn't know the transition was going to involve my biological family, my church, 
and my employment, but getting ready to, to go through them all focused on him. Excuse me, focused on him. Yeah. And I'm getting grateful because I've had, you know, you know who I have in my life, like yeah. yourself, you know, yeah. and others. Yeah. You know, who have helped keep me. Yeah. And with that, I just go to try to, you know, give to others. Like I could say, there's a valley right outside my window. Right. You know, with, with all the people, you know, that are around me that are, you know, some of them are not saved. Well, sometimes I don't want to say this. Sometimes there's a valley right in the church because folks are saved and they don't, they're not saved and they don't even know it. Right. You know, it's, you know, from that perspective. But sure. for me personally, I think I'm more uh, midway between. Hello? Hello, I, you, you're kind of fading in and out, but you're there. You're in between a valley and a mountaintop. Where would you say, uh, in God's grace, keeping you through a valley experience? Because you you were going through it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, one can go through a valley experience and have the kind of stability, like you stated, James, by which you know you're going through it, but you're not going to allow yourself to be so overwhelmingly affected by it that it's going to take your eyes off the confidence that this is only a temporary experience and thus you are moving uh in transition uh more upward bound as the old hymn writer would put it you know um higher ground uh and 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 yet where would that be going for you how what what are we what are we what are we hoping in because higher ground or mountaintop experiences are hopeful experiences as well how can we edify somebody who may be where you are um, clearly coming out of something not absolutely sure where they're going, but could be encouraged as to how to negotiate that upward journey until they begin to see the larger pericope of promise and purpose and the long view of our, our headed towards the New Jerusalem. How, how would you how would you exhort along those lines if that's indeed where you are? Well, you know what I like to do is use my own self as an example because you know I share with people. If he's doing it for me, he can do it. He'll do it for you. Yeah. You know, now, there's certain terms and conditions that come along with this, okay? Because there's a lot of people that are in ditches and valleys and dark, and they don't have and they don't have a clue, and they're in just a whole lot of pain. True. And they're 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 hurting and they're they're frustrated and they don't know why. True. But, what the Lord gives me, empowers me to do, gives me the grace to do, is just to be able to speak into their life. Right. You know, right. And, and share some things with them that, in many cases, they have heard before, but they haven't heard in a long time, but they haven't heard since because they're not in the atmosphere. They're not in the environment to hear. Yeah. Because they've yeah. been overcome by the cares of this world, the ways of this world, by what it is that they're looking at all the time, what they're mm. listening to. I agree. The living arrangement that they're in. I agree. That makes it sense. I agree. You know? I agree. I agree. That's a, that's a, go ahead on. No, no, that, 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 I mean, that, that's, that's the way. I mean, don't look at me as somebody that's going to church and not struggling. Let right. me explain you the struggle where the Lord has brought me from and where he's waiting for and what he's doing. And he's waiting to hear from you. He's waiting to be able to do the same thing with you. But you have to come to them. You know, just try to use my life as an example. And then also look at their life and point out, you know, I don't look at so much on their negatives, but on their positives. And what, God, what, 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 I see in, what I see in them and what they have the ability to do. Agreed. 
Agreed. And that's what we're doing on this program as well, man. I appreciate the fact that you can say that you're coming up out of some valley situations that did not define you and that you're headed places that um, ultimately we pray uh, that we are all able to come to. And that's into a greater um, arena of obedience to Christ, because we know that obedience to Christ, nearness to Christ and God, the father, by the power of his spirit bears the fruit of a wonderful uh, relationship between us and God and the fruit of witness and testimony to others that if God can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Listen, James, thank you for the call. I've got three lines open, one 888 Aaron, you hold on. When I come back from the break, I'll get you. I've got three lines open, and we're talking about where you really are. So now if you're scared, don't call. But if you know you need to actually talk it through, work it through like Deborah did in Oakland, like Deborah did in Santa Rosa and like Brother James just did and like Aaron wants to do. I've got three lines open. Let's keep it real. Either we are on the mountaintop, some mountaintop, or we are in the valley, some valley, and we can talk it through. We can work it through. I'm here to counsel with you, encourage you, um, affirm you, and uh, if necessary, correct you. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I know everyone that's listening to me right now is one of two places on the mountaintop or in the valley or in between. It's a third category. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Give me a call. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we're back the time, 622 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. One line open, one 367 We are talking about mountaintop experiences and valley experiences, which all believers must go through because we are journeying through this world. The spiritual geography of the people of God is always meeting God on mountaintops running and working and laboring for God as we descend, entering into valleys which are sometimes just the consequence of our journey, and other times they are the consequence of our behavior and actions. In other words, all valleys are not a consequence of a direct infraction or transgression on our part, but they could be. We have to define the valley as we have done earlier in our uh, study tonight and our program. We divide, defined seven valleys that the believer goes through. The Valley of Saddam, which is a valley of war and conflict, largely political, which is what Lot went through. The Valley of Sedim, rather. And then the Valley of Eskol, which is where the people of God were supposed to believe God for taking the land. But in decisiveness and unbelief had them fearful of the giants. And then the Valley of Elah, which is where David fought Goliath. It's what I call the Valley of uh, Winner Takes All. These are major battles when you're about to lose your family, lose your home, lose your life, lose something, lose your job. Critical, critical uh, decision making that can break you down and humble you. The Valley of Achor is the valley where um, Achan was tempted to take the gold and the goods of Babylon when God said, I am your riches. And this meant that he was given to idolatry and Achor in the book of Hosea was adultery. And and we as believers can fall prey to Carnality at levels of being spiritual idolaters and adulterers, and that's going to jack you up. 
Because a valley experience is a loss of clarity, a loss of confidence, a loss of assurance, a loss of a sense of firm communion with God. And then David said the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of Kidron. I've said it earlier. Older people go through this in a very quiet way when they are losing a lot of relatives and friends and loved ones in church, out of the church, and they become almost isolated. And all they have are momentums, are the uh, mem- uh, memories of uh, loved ones. Uh, that's what the Valley of Kidron is all about. Just tombs and, and graves of, of famous people and infamous people, et cetera, et cetera. When you get older, that valley can set in on your life. So I got one line open, one 888 We want to talk about the sufficiency of Christ's grace in the valley and the superlative nature of his glory on the mountaintop. One line open, one 888 Let me go now to Aaron on line one and uh, see what Aaron is up to. Aaron, thank you for your patience. What's your thoughts or comments today on the mountaintop or valley? How are you, Pastor? I'm great. All right, can you hear me? I can, man. What's going on? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, my, yeah, this is an interesting topic. I'm sitting here listening. I, I listen to your show a lot. And uh, but I'd be kind of leery to call in because I'd be having issues myself that I want to kind of speak out on, but at the same time not really having the courage to do so. But today it seems like a few people kind of touched on something that I was going through myself. I'm glad. And uh, I'm not no, I'm not sure if I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley. All I know is I'm in a state of confusion and frustration and pain and struggle. Uh, with my relations with God. It seems like the more that I strive to try to have him in my life, reading his word and participating with uh, worship and things, it seems like the more struggles I go through with my life. Yeah. And then it seems like some battles that I have that he gives me the victory, it seems like that I have issues. Yeah. But I thought I had the victory. But yeah. I see I have the victory. Uh, I lost my job. And yeah. When I lost my job, all you know, for a man, it's, it's just a very tragic situation not being able to handle your business and take care of your stuff. I agree with but you I, fully. But I ended up pushing towards God more. Yeah. And in that, uh, God restored me with a job, not just like, you know, on the other side of the door. It was a process. Yeah. yeah. But I ended up landing a better job than I had that I lost. Yeah. But in the victory of receiving, getting the job, all hell has broken loose mm-hmm. on the job. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, you know. And the, the more I dig in my relationship at church with folks, the more I'm having issues with church folk. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of like an interesting dynamic on how these things are happening. You know, where you have the victory, but yet you're pushing through issues, but then. You, you may the victory is never smooth. Yeah, yeah. The victory is never. I'm on the other side dancing. It seems like I'm being delivered out of out of Pharaoh's hand, but I'm in the wilderness, or I'm going from the wilderness into the promised land. But yeah, I got to fight battles. Yeah. Well, it, it, I love what you're talking so, about. No, I, I really it, do, Aaron. I love what you. It's, it's but it's frustrating at sure. the same time and. You know, where my spirit is willing, but my flesh is not trying to hear it. It's, yeah. It's really frustrated. Right, right, right. And, and, and yeah, there's a lot of pain inside, a lot of 
it seems like these deep pits of depression. Mm-hmm. And that's funny that you said something that I said that, you know, cause I kind of came out of, you know, being in communities with a lot of friends, a lot of homeboys, as you want to say, yeah. per se, and yeah. where it was a group though. We, we had a function, we had a, Hey, it was love. It seemed like, but coming out of that now, cousins are dead. Uh, they don't have really that group to go and feel uh, a piece of connection yeah. and it feel lost. Yeah. Almost. And, yeah. and it's just kind of like all oh, frustrating. But at the same time, I needed to be pulled out of that to have fellowship with the saints. But yep. then there's trouble with the saints. <sighs> I love it. I love what you're saying. And I don't I'm not playing it down. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it because I know I can get a few sisters to call and keep it real. I, I you know, uh, the way my ministry works, Aaron, is I, I have a heavy and very um uh, structured preaching and teaching ministry that constitutes uh, the formal proclamation of God's word. And I'm very thankful th- for that. But I also am engaged in a lot of counsel and uh, and dealing with people in a much more um, uh, intimate way like we're doing now. And here's what I want to say to you uh, in relationship to the uh, overall um, uh, synopsis that you've given me concerning you. I'm going to say uh, two or three things, and I hope they are a blessing, blessing and a guidance to you where you are. The first is that largely what you are going through is character development. I would put that number one on the list. When God is taking us through character development, a character development process, Aaron, it's because he has gifted us and we are maybe operating in our gift but we are not as effective in our gifting as we could be because our gifting has to be associated with um with with personality traits and maturity aspects characteristics rather maturity characteristics that only come by God relentlessly putting us in the mold of shaping you are being shaped i talk to our people about it all the time conformity to christ is shaping and there's an to- there's an area in which when god is working in our life like I said, he may bless us with, with work, and we need it. He won't leave us out there too long where we become uh, humiliated. He just won't do that for us when we call upon him. He allows us to go through the kind of trouble that you're talking about that drives us to him, not away. God is not one who tempts us. He tries us to draw us near to him. The devil tempts us to take us away. But when you are being shaped, you are having the impurities of all of your carnal tendencies brought to the surface, Aaron, and they are not comfortable um, revelations because they are complaints. They are um, accusations. They are dark sayings. They are reflections upon past behavior patterns that you and I know that have not been healthy or good for us. And so you're being shaped. And what that means is you are in a vice. You are in a mold. You are in a press. You are in a crucible for character development. And you, you the, 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 the flesh wants out. The flesh wants out. But God won't let us out because he is a great character molder. The spirit of God molds us into the shape and image of Christ. We're more patience. We're more thoughtfulness. We're more perseverance. We're more of the fruit of the spirit is going to internalize itself first and then manifest itself in an outward form on your part. It's going to also create for you, Aaron a greater sense of clarity on how to implement 
your gifting in a way that it can actually be more productive for the body of believers that you are a part of right now who presently probably cannot actually um, help you in this more deep and personal arena that you need. You are probably a part of a fellowship where they are at a infant stage of social development and, uh, and men fellowship as well. A lot of our churches do not have a strong men's fellowship. This is one of the devastating things going on in the local church today, a lack of strong, strong male presence and fellowship. Men are in a major warfare today, and they are not present in the church at the level of being strong men. There are lots of churches with men in them, but they are not strong. And we need strong male fellowship that is not of the carnal, fleshly nature where we get together and talk stupid. We need to be talking Christ. We need to be talking the word of God. We need to be talking the gospel. We need to be pouring into um, our conversation with each other, the mysteries of God, the promises of Christ, the revelation of who he is to us and in us and through us. And we don't have a lot of that. Um, And that's why you are um, reflecting upon what it was like when you were with your boys, because at least you had a level of male connection that we need. And we need what you are talking about, Aaron, in the local church. Bad. I mean, real bad. So here's what I'm going to say. Stay in the pocket. You are the quarterback of this present scenario that you're painting. Stay in the pocket. Don't get out of the pocket and run. Stay in the pocket. We're going to pray for you. Um, that you are able to prioritize your uh, triumphs, as you shared with us. Prioritize your triumphs. Um, pinpoint your trials and be very clear on them. And then be patient for God to bring you through your trials as you rejoice in your triumphs. And let that shape you into the person that you're going to be. Uh, three months from now, six months from now, and a year from now, because there is so much to be done for the glory of God in Christ by you, young man, that you have to simply stay in the pocket. And do me a favor. um, Don't too infrequently check in with me. Let me know where you are. Let me know what you're going through. And if you have to email me, man, we can go a little bit deeper, more personal if you want to. You can get a hold of Pastor Jesse. It's not a problem at all. I'm thanking you for the call. I really am. I'm thanking you for opening up because men don't do that. I do have to take a hard break. If you need to get a hold of me, get a hold of me. Uh, Brian in San Francisco and Anthony, San Francisco, you hold on. Two lines open, one 367 I see that go brother that's willing to open up and talk. I know my sisters will, but will my brothers? one 367 I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. All right, the time, 639. Two lines open, one 367 If you want to call and chime in on our topic, mountaintops or valleys, which one are you in? Mountaintops. Times where God is meeting you and blessing you and giving you clarity on his purpose and will. And you are rejoicing valleys times when you are in the deep, deep, dark, undiscerning, unclear spaces of life that can bring about a lot of fear and anxiety and trouble in in your soul. Let's talk about I really did appreciate Aaron's call valiant on our part, on the part of our brother to call in. Let me go to line number two and talk with Anthony in San Francisco. Anthony, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for your patience. What's your What's your observation of our topic tonight? Um, 
I uh, I'm on the way up the hill. Okay. I've been in the valley. Okay. I'm not. We all are in the valley somewhat until we get to the pinnacle. So I'm up. I'm climbing the mountain. But I called to say I had the privilege uh, while in church uh, this past Sunday to pray for a young lady who just arbitrarily, randomly, and I, God had must have been, I know God was in it, because mm-hmm. accidents don't happen when you're in church, you know, the way people think about coincidences. She obviously needed some help, and uh, she said she was looking for some food. We had no food to give her directly, but we gave her a few coins, and then we prayed for her. And the thing I wanted to say was I regret one thing about that whole beautiful experience. I didn't ask her to ask the Lord to bless her. We, we, it was several of us praying over her, including my wife. We all prayed as hard and strong as we could. But I realized, um, as I was listening to you speak, as I was coming back down to the house, um, I wish I would have just said, I'm not going to say the lady's name, but so-and-so, ask the Lord to bless you. Tell him you want his forgiveness and his love and his salvation, and he surely from, you know, from your mouth, yeah. you confess that. If you ask that of him, I believe that it would just sort of put her a little bit closer. She's still in the valley deep. It's yeah. quite obvious, yeah. you know, but it would have given her a few steps up out of the valley, you know, because uh, what I've learned is until you open your mouth and you admit the darkness and yep. the carnality yep. and the problems, whatever you've had, yep. With your mouth, that's when the Lord can touch you and build you yep. and, and help you get built. Like you said, it's you have you told the other brother to stay in the pocket. Yep. That's right. We got to stay close yep. to the Lord. We can't be jumping out in front of the line. <laughs> you yep. know, in football yep. terms, you know. Yeah, sure. That's when you get tackled. That's, that's when you get smashed. That's right. You stay in the pocket. Stay near the Lord and stay in prayer. And um, that was that was really it. What I had to say there. Yeah, no, and I will say this just because I uh, I I really um, I, I I I hear you in terms of how God blessed that event. Um, we're, we're never going to do it perfectly, but we can be more mature about it. The reason why Anthony, I think what you're saying is so apropos, is because when we often are doing ministry with people who come into our space and Providence brings them there, we we know that's a God moment. We say and. Um, what they will often do is let us do everything for them. Right. And if you if you do that, you're going to be a codependent to sinners who are obligated to actually call on God for themselves. There's a real sense and we don't intend to do it, Anthony, but what we in, what we end up doing is taking God's place. Right. Now, God wants us to be co-laborers with him. <laughs> no doubt about that. That's The Bible's clear. He works in us and through us, but he doesn't mean for us to take his place. And what that means is he does not want us to operate outside of the parameters of being a servant. And we should be very clear that when people are brought into our space to let them know that the true and the living God is calling on them to recognize and acknowledge his blessings in their life and then to call upon God in the same way we need to call upon God in order for them to know that the God who has saved us uh, can also save them beyond the fact that we have blessed them with, 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 with financial things or blessed them with counsel and blessed them with, with all sorts of other things. You are absolutely right. They must very much acknowledge the fact that God has shown up in their life. And, and if they don't, 
then their blessings are going to be shortchanged in the sense that down the line, they will inevitably find themselves in the same space. So you are right about that. However, here's what you and I can do now. We can right now for that young lady or young man of whom you are speaking, we can pray right now that God would move their heart, that God would um, cause them to think about him. Think about Christ. Think about the spirit of God. Think about the blessings that came through the church and cause them to acknowledge God by profession of who they are and what they need. This is Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. Whosoever um, confesses and forsakes their sins shall have mercy, but the one that covers them uh, shall not have mercy. So we want men and women to be able to say, let the Lord know that you need him. Let the Lord know that you are in a plight that you may have brought yourself into in the first place. We don't know if that young person is even saved. If they are not saved, they must with their mouth acknowledge their sinful condition. Seek the Lord and ask him to show them mercy in the forgiveness of sins and trust Christ as their savior. This is what we would want them to close with in order for us to know we have done their job. So right now we are asking the father to make that a reality in that person's life in the behalf of your people who were working in them on Sunday, which was a great, great, great event. And Anthony, it's not according to what a man does not have, but according to what a man has. And you and I know we have a desire for people to be saved. So God can work with that desire to actually intervene in our deficiencies and touch that person. And I'm believing God for it right now. Amen. I thank you for the time. Bless you. Okay. Bless you. you. I'm going to take a break. All the lines are open. All four lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. All the lines are open. I want one or two callers between now and the end of our program to take up the rest of this discourse. Are you on the mountaintop or in the valley? If you're in the valley, let's talk about it. If you're on the mountaintop, let me know. Anthony shared with me a wonderful experience. He says he's in between. Great honesty. Two lines open, one 367 Waiting for your call. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back. The time is five, uh, 649 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And the lines are open if you want to call one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I might uh, enjoy having a conversation with one more person before we call it a wrap for today. Um, excited about our topic because um, we are either on the mountaintop or we are in the valley for sure. We might be somewhere in between, but how would you define that? How would you define that in between space? Actually, like like the way that Aaron was talking about um, earlier, Aaron was talking about uh, kind of being in between, knowing mountaintop experiences, but at the same time struggling within. Is that you? Is that good? Could that be you? And would you want some encouragement along those lines? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. As believers, we are making our way through this world. We're on a journey. So in a real sense, while there are daily routine events that occur, and that's God's normalcy bias for us, and they're good. They're good. There's no doubt about that. Um, We get to, in that context, we get to kind of uh, evaluate how well we are doing. And because they are circling around again and again, what we get to do is see if we're doing a better job today than we did yesterday in that very normative pattern of um, of things that go on every day. I get to look and see whether or not I am um, I'm doing a better job 
if not, um, if not, if not, um, then what I want to be able to do is is ask myself, am I working through uh, uh, an issue where I'm in the valley or on the mountaintop um, and step back and assess why? Because we're growing. We're maturing. We, we actually want to do a better job. I, I hope you do. I really hope you do. Did a wedding this weekend for a young couple, as I told you, and what I was able to do was let them know um, 10 things that I told them that should mark their life. And one of the areas in which I shared with them was the area of growth. And what that means is you and I should not be living the kind of life where we are not growing. Do not stalemate in your walk. Do not justify a boring walk with God. Do not justify uh, to those that are watching you that you're kind of stuck in a uh, wilderness cycle, securitous, everyday mundane cycle. Don't 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 depict your Christianity as being I have arrived. I'm clear on who I am, what I'm doing. Don't give me any more assignments. I don't want to have to do anything else. Do not do not do not stop growing. Do not stop being challenged. Do not stop stretching yourself beyond the the borders and boundaries of what you are comfortable with. Keep growing. Keep knowing. Keep going. Keep abounding. Um, Share things that are no no more functional. They were functional yesterday, but they're not functional today. They're not bearing fruit. Look at your life and determine, are there areas in your life which are not bearing fruit? God left you here to bear fruit. The spirit is working in you. His own son's life is in you. You have the spirit of, of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father. You have the spirit of sonship. You are alive in Christ. You are in union with him. You should be bearing fruit. You should be waking up every day with a perspective on how you could glorify God in different ways. Whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's saying a word of exhortation, encouragement to someone, whether it's linking arms with the ministry, whether it's exercising your gift of teaching or service or gifts, whatever that case may be, you can do it. Uh, and you and I should do it. This will keep us from the valley scenario, or at least it will quickly deliver us out of it. And uh, we want to be able to say, Lord, um, higher ground I want to attain to. Uh, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still pressing on um, to higher ground. Um, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Let me go to line two and close out with Ingeborg from Stockton. Ingeborg, are you there um, on line number two? Um, Ingeborg, are you there? Going once, going twice. Are you there, Ingeborg? Yes, I am. Ooh, sounding like you're uh, quite a little distance away. What's your thoughts or comments today on our topic? What I wanted to say is um, I'm 63 years old, and I've been in valleys, and I've been at the top, and I think that is life. But the one thing that stays constant is God. I mean, we are saved by grace. We know we're saved. We know we're His. We should stay in contact with Him. We pray Instead of getting down and out, yes, sometimes the closer you get to the top, you end up um, facing challenges. I call it the devil or whatever, trying to get you off track. But if you stay in praying and in contact with God, you don't get depressed. You don't get down. You keep pushing. You keep looking. 
You keep asking for his strength and depending on him. He's there. He ain't never left you. I agree with that, but you can still be depressed. You can. I've been where I literally had my kids keeping them inside when they were young. And yes, being depressed. But what did I do? I grabbed my Bible and started to start reading, like Psalms 121. Or, you know, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence come in my help. Start praying for the, in the Bible. Start looking for verses that lifts you up out of that. I agree. You, you look for things. There's everything in the Bible that can touch every emotion you got. You just have to stay in contact with it. If you don't have the words, the words are there in your Bible. And you know what else God does? He has to use people who have a greater confidence in the Bible than they do to encourage them along those lines. Sounds like you may have the gift of encouragement. Sounds well, like you I sounds like you may have the gift of encouragement. Job, I, have, I think I'm encouraging people. <laughs> I hope they find something in me. I mean, they come to me. Right. I mean, I work with a lot of low-income residents, people from different backgrounds. And when I see something, yeah, I'll speak. Yeah. To them about it. Right. What I know, I'll share what I think. But I think, yes, you get depressed. I'm not going to say I'm human. I get depressed. But I've got to stand on that the grace of God saved me. He said, I'm forgiven. So it's not nothing I'm doing that's making me go in the valley. Right. If I'm staying with him and I'm trying to walk the walk and I'm staying in his word to to get because every time you read it, sometimes you could read something you've read it a thousand times, and then that one time it's going to speak to you in a different way. Every time you come up, I agree with you. The strength you would keep you moving on. I agree with you. You don't get out down. You don't give. Some people always say, "Well, it's the devil doing it to me." Stop speaking his name. Stop speaking his stuff. Don't give him credit for nothing. Um. See, now that's where I probably would. I will, that's where I will probably work with you. I had a, some somebody says made that statement the other day. It's really true that we should be careful to give God more glory, but to say that is to actually rebuke Christ and then to rebuke the apostles because Christ was the one that plainly said, uh, "Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as weak." So we want to be very careful about how to contextualize the enemy. We don't want to make him disappear. You can sift me, he could, can sift me. He's sifting me when he's sending me through and throwing these arrows at me. Now, do I have on my armor? You may, you may you not. have armor of God. You may, you may, you, you may or maybe saying? not. You, you may know, be. What about when a believer doesn't have the armor on? When they don't have the armor on, I would say then you're going to fall to your knees and talk to God. Mm-hmm. You're going to look mm-hmm. and search the Word. Mm-hmm. Search your heart. Mm-hmm. Search yourself. Mm-hmm. Where's your? What are you doubting? Are you doubting that he saved you? Are you doubting that he forgives you? Are you doubting that he's there for your strength? Or are you looking for, I'm down in the valley. I want it now to be on the top, mountaintop. Sometimes he takes his time because we learn lessons going through that valley. And what that would mean is you have to just wait on God. Wait on God. It's come. It's, he's working on it. Mm-hmm. He's working on you while he's working on it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. You just have to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And you have to know God and God and who he is. And if you loving him and you trying to get into him and you know he's love because it says God is love. 
God's grace is what saved me, not me trying to do nothing on my own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I not do. me trying to look for something on the outside. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. I'm supposed to take it all to him. I agree. I agree. And and people who have that perspective like you are supposed to help the weak because that's what the Bible says. You who are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak. And we do that by praying for them, encouraging them and building them up and helping them, guiding them into the practices by which they can come up out of valleys onto mountaintops. Thank you, Ingeborg. And uh, I hope this program bless you. Love to see you on Wednesday. And if not, I'll see you next Monday, the Lord willing. And I hope to be on the mountaintop by then. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.